the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Holy Bible emphasizes the priority of prayer and fasting in the Old and New Testaments. That alone reveals the importance of consistent devotion to these doctrines in our Christian lives. During this season of Lent, Pastor Draper shares a three-part series on their spiritual significance. We cannot comprehend the unspeakable joy as well as spiritual and personal rewards that await us when we faithfully fulfill these commandments. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. I want you to turn to Psalms 147, 1 through 8, and then leave it open because we'll be going through a number of scriptures in this particular message. We want to preach a two-part series uh, in that we are in our fasting and prayer. We want to preach a couple of messages in the area of prayer because prayer is so vital and so needful in the times in which we live. I want to preach on this morning the priority of prayer and fasting the priority of prayer and fasting. My friend, it is critically important that you learn to pray and fast as early in your life as you possibly can. Satan's number one goal is to destroy this present generation as well as future generations. And you don't have to look very far to see that Satan is working overtime to destroy our youth. Behold the gains and the drugs and the teenage pregnancies, the suicide, the alcohol, the murders, the Satanism cult, and the teens that are being sentenced to life in prison. And he even want the adults as well. And then we can look around and see the global terrorism and see all the things that's happening in our society. And we realize that Satan is doing a very good job in destroying this world and the society in which we live. And be it known to you today that Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to sift you as wheat and he wants to put you in bondage and he wants you, he wants to keep you from re reaching your God-given potential to the glory of God. He hates the fact that you got saved and once you get saved, he wants to do all that he can, all within his power to keep you from being intimate with the Lord, growing in holy communion with the Lord, uh, serving God to the maximum of your potential, to see the fulfillment of God's plan executed in your life. He doesn't want you making progress in the kingdom. He wants you to be in regression, depression. He wants you spiraling into sin and making a mess of your life. He said, well, I, I hate the fact that you got saved, but I want, I want your life to be so miserable. I want to knock you off track so that you'll be no kingdom good for God as you are saved by the God you say you know and love. And so therefore, if we're to experience victory in our life, there are three things that you can't get around. Number one, you got to stay in your Bible. Apart from the word, the word of God, you will not survive the times in which we live. 
That means you got to love the word of God enough to at least bring it to church. That's right. You got to, if you love, if you say you love the word, how many you love the word of God? Then you use the love of God. Amen. I mean, what is money to you if you don't spend it? If you don't use it, now some of you overspend it. But uh, if, if you use, but, but, but no such thing as overusing the Bible. Yeah, you know, God wants us to use the Bible. He wants us to be a learned people. He wants to be a, an astute people. So you have to have the word of God. And secondly, uh, if you're going to survive in times like these, you must yield your life to the control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to rule your life, govern your life, guide your life. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He comes alongside to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to use you as God's representatives in the times in which we live. And then thirdly, you need to give priority to prayer and not only prayer, but there ought to be times of fasting because some things will not be, be broken in your life and some things are not, you're not going to experience some breakthroughs in your life apart from not only prayer, but you must fast for, to see certain things uh, come to fruition in your life. With that being said, if this is a message on prayer, then we need to define what prayer is. I don't want you to leave here and not know what prayer is. And you know, sometimes uh, you can get used to hearing certain words until they sense they have a they they, they begin to lose their meaning. And this this prayer is designed to heighten your sensitivity to the need of prayer and to disturb to hopefully restore a fervent, prayerful spirit in your life. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God. It is talking to God. Believers are to pray about everything, being confident that God not only hears prayer, but he answers prayer. Uh, through prayer, God's children speak to him. Through prayer, God's children cry out to him. Through prayer, God's children talk to him. Uh, there's an acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S. That's an acronym, and it gives us different kinds of prayers believers should be praying. Within, let's break down the, the acronym ACTS, and then we'll see what God is saying through this acronym. A in ACTS is for adoration. Say adoration. Adoration. Adoration is to, to adore God. It means to worship God. To, it means adoration is to praise God, to honor him and exalt him in our hearts, in our minds and upon our lips. You just turn to Psalms 147, 1 through 8. This is a psalm of adoration and praise to our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says. The psalmist says, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our Lord, to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Look how the psalmist is adoring God. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts the humble, he cast the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepare rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountain. This is a psalm of adoration and praise and thanksgiving to God for who he is and what he has done. 
There are times you ought to get before God and you ought to just praise him and adore him and, and worship him not, and not asking him for anything, just adoring God for who he is and what he has done. And okay, then A and then the next alphabet in, in Acts is, is C and C is for confession. When we show adoration for God, the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to reveal any sin in our life that needs to be confessed. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession of sin is critical in the life of the saints. Where there's little confession, there is sin that is dormant and sin that is festering and it impedes your spiritual growth in your life. Uh, confess your sin. It is to say is, it is to agree with God about your sins. It is to agree with God about your sins. And we all have to confess our sins. I have to confess my sins. You say, you, yeah, I got a lot of sins I have to confess. You say, how often do you confess? I confess daily. How, when? As Whenever the Spirit puts it on my heart, I confess. Early in the morning, noon, between times, I confess, confess. I want to keep short accounts with God. I don't, want, I don't want sin in my life piled up because I don't want a God-sized whipping. God, God chastens those he loves. And, and you say you're his child, he will chasten you because he wants to get the most out of you for his glory and his honor. God don't want you just being wishy-wally and lollygagging around. He wants you to be a person of purpose, a person of destiny. And he wants you to walk in victory. And you can't do that when sin is so rampant in your life. Uh, T in Acts is Thanksgiving. Say Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We should thank God for who he is and for the benefits we enjoy because we belong to him. Thanking God enables us to recognize that he controls all things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says rejoice always. How often, you, how often should we be rejoicing? Always Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. In, every, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yes, God is working. You say, even in the bad things, I can still give thanks? Yes, because it could be worse than what it is. You ought to thank God. I know this is bad, but I thank God it's not as bad as it could be. You know, and then I thank God because even when I understand in this situation, God is at work in ways I don't understand. And God is getting me where he wants me to be for this time, purpose, and season in my life. God uses trials and adversities to shape us up and to carve off the rubbish so that we can be all that he desires us to be. Then S in Acts is for supplication. Say supplication. supplication. Supplication simply means to ask or make a request to God. It should include petitions for our own needs and intercession for others. Pray that your inner person be renewed. Prayer always being sensitive to and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for others, our spouse, our children, our parents, our neighbors, and friends. As we continue today's message, Pastor Randa provides answers to key questions that will strengthen our resolve to prayer and fasting. What is prayer? What should be our posture in prayer? What is fasting? How should we approach fasting? What happens if God's people fail to pray? What happens when God's children pray? 
Keep listening as Pastor Rander guides us through the Word of God for the answers to these questions. And keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Pray for our nation, those in authority, and pray for things that are happening in the world. Pray for salvation of souls, people who are lost in your life and around you. You pray that they come into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for daily opportunities to to reach folk for Jesus Christ. Don't be saved and satisfied. You ought to be so saved and thankful that you want to see other folks saved and going to the heaven you say you're going to. What should be our posture in prayer? What should be our position in prayer? Uh, Our posture in prayer. Our posture in prayer, you can pray kneeling on your knees. You can pray standing. You can pray prostrate. In other words, stretched out on the floor, stretched out before God. You can pray sitting in the chair. You can pray while you're walking. You can pray while you're serving in the various activities of life. There are various positions in prayer. There's not just one set way of position that one can pray in. You, you pray in the position that God leads you to pray in. And I believe you ought to experience a little all of them. So you ought to be a, so you can be well-rounded in your positions in prayer. What is fasting? Are y'all hanging with me? This is a Bible teaching church, so we want to educate you in the things of God. And uh, if you say amen and you look alert, I'll preach harder. You know, you look like you have sleep, I'll preach longer, you know. So uh, what is what is fasting? What is fasting? Fasting is abstaining from food and the pleasures of this world for spiritual renewal, for guidance. You fast because you want spiritual renewal. You fast because you want guidance in decision-making processes. You, want, you pray because you're trusting God for healing. You pray for resolution of problems that you're encountering in your life even as I speak. You, you, fasting is not only what you abstain from, but it's also what you commit to. You know, people say, well, I'm going to fast. I'm going to give up television. I'm going to give up sweets. I'm going to give up uh, caffeine. I'm going to give up all of these things. And, uh, but it's also what you put in place of it, of it. That ought to be reading of the word of God. That ought to be increased in prayer during your time in fasting and prayer. You ought to be more thankful. God, I'm trusting you to make me more thankful during this time. I want to edify and build up those who touch my life. I want to touch others as well. You want to to fast for a spirit of servanthood, serving people to the glory of God. You want to fast in order to be available So many are unavailable. Your whole life is wrapped around your family and you do so little for others. You know, during this time, it's not just going to be about me. It's going to be about others. Some of you need to fast because you need a spirit of submission. You got some of you have the spirit of, you can't tell me what to do. I have my rights. I do what I want. I'm not doing that. And it's always can't, no, and I'm not, and all that kind of stuff. And there needs to be a spirit of submission in your home as a spouse, as a husband, as a child. Uh, you, you fast in order because you want to see God take you to the next level uh, in him spiritually. You don't want to stay where you are. You, don't, you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. You, you don't want to be regressing. You want to be progressing. Uh, you want to fast because you need deliver, deliverance. How many need to be delivered from something? Some of y'all need to be delivered from tobacco. Some need to be delivered from alcohol because it's getting the best of you. Some need to be delivered from talking too much. Some, some need to be delivered from being mean. Some need to be de- delivered from being angry. Truth be told, you're just far too angry. 
Folk don't know how to talk to you because you're just a walking time bomb. That's right. Some of you need to be, be delivered from a, a spirit of negativity. You're just too negative. You're too negative. You know, others you need to be delivered from materialism. Others, a spirit of covetousness. You want what other folk have. Some of you need to be delivered from always being late. That's right. Always being late. You, I mean, you're going to be late for your own funeral. You're just late. Some of you need to be delivered from chewing gum in church. Some of you need to be delivered from talking in church. Some of y'all smile at me. Don't, now don't, go and chew this time, you know, but this is not a movie. You come to church to think, okay? Won't y'all say amen? Some of y'all need to be delivered from sleeping in church. That's right. That's right. And some of you need to be delivered from gossip. Some of you need to be delivered from homongering. Some of you are too flirtatious. You need to be delivered from flirting. You're not a sugar daddy or sugar mama. You got a husband, a wife. That, that takes enough of your energy. You don't have time for a sideline cuckabine. <laughs> you need to be delivered. That's right. You need to be delivered. Some of you need to be delivered to too much television. You wake up with it, you go, go to bed with it. Some of y'all need to be delivered from email and internet and tweeting and, 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 and social media. You're spending all your time uh, on Facebook. You deliver. You got 800 friends now that you connected to. Why you need all them friends? Weren't you doing quite well before you were that connected? As a matter of fact, I don't want to be that connected. Matter of fact, there's some people I'd rather not know anymore. You know, say to take you back and reconnect you to your garbage. Some folk fall in the dutchery. Oh, I just haven't seen you in a long time. I heard you were in San Antonio. What you doing now? Well, what I'm doing now, I want you to leave me alone. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. Oh, I'm trying to mess. This Facebook is getting me. Did God tell you to be that connected? Then why? You mean you got that kind of time? You can connect with not 15 folk. 200, 300, 400 folk. Are you that important? No wonder you can't get to your Bible. No wonder you can't pray. No wonder you on the edge and you stress. You got too many contacts in your life. You need to decontact down yourself to the glory of Almighty God. I know I'm talking to some of you. Some of y'all spend all y'all time tweety tweeting. You email. You know, fasting and prayer is a time for cutting back on technology. You ought to make for these 40 days, you say, unless it's job related or I'm in school related, personal business, like you're doing your bills on the internet or you, you know, you know, the, the needful things. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you say, apart from that, for these 40 days, I'm not going to get on the internet unless it's those reasons. You know, I'm trying to educate myself. Or I'm trying to do I'm, I, this. I need, I have to work. You know, I need the internet. And I'm going to shut it down. And I'm going to read uh, the Bible and some good spiritual books to the glory of God. I, I, during this fasting prayer time, I want to fast solitude. I want I, I, the noise, fast the noise. Because I've really been too noisy. I got gadgets in my ears. I got it all in the car. I got it hanging all off of me. And what I want to do is fast the noise. I want to denoise myself 
Because the truth is, I'm so noisy till I can't even hear the voice of God. And I'm going to tell you something today. God is not going to scream at you. I didn't even see all this the first service. God's not going to scream at you. He speaks with a still, small voice. You have to hush up. There needs to be a holy hush about you so that you want to hear God speak in a way that you've not heard him speak anymore. So this, this fasting and prayer time is really serious because we got more hangups than we realize. And we've been had and don't even have enough spiritual uh, insight to know we've been had. We think we got it together. And that's a form of pride. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I don't need to do all that. You more messed up than you can imagine. And I tell you what, when you get in this book, this book will really show you how messed up you are. Every time I get this book, I see this book, listen, this book drives me to my knees. Because this book, let me tell you something. This book will tell you how bad off you really are. And then this book turn around and, and pick you up and put you, put you back together again. So the book has to break you down and remold you, remake you for his likings and for his glory. Won't y'all say amen? So what I'm saying is that that's what you commit to. You commit to deliverance. And then it's about reconciliation. This fasting of prayer is about making up with folk. That's why you need, you need to fill that paper out. This paper. You need to fill it out. Some of y'all haven't done nothing with it. You need to fill it out, look at it, and then get serious about it. Okay? You need to get serious about it. And so what, what I'm saying is this. You need to be reconciled. There's a husband and wife that needs to be reconciled. There's parents that need to be reconciled to their children, and there are children that needs to be reconciled to the parents. Some of y'all got siblings that you're not even speaking to. Y'all can't even eat around the table at Christmas. You not you don't call them, you don't talk to them. It's far and in between, and you're doing everything to stay disconnected, and that is not of God. It's not of God. And life is too short to be mad at your sibling or mad at your relatives or uncles or aunts or whatever they did. It may be true, but you just can't let... Somebody has to have the spirituality within their lives to grow up enough to say, you know, enough of the squabbling. Let's just lay that down and let's just start all over. Start all over. And don't, death going to catch some of y'all with broken relationships. How should we approach fasting? How should we approach fasting? The mental attitude with which we go into a fast has a great deal to do with whether the fast is successful or not. Fasting should be approached with an attitude of positive faith. We must not look upon fasting as a task, but rather it must be a Christian discipline. For it isn't really as important how long you fast as it is that you fast in the will of God and that you get the benefits which should be yours from fasting. Some of you don't even attempt to fast because of your pride, nothing wrong with me, and are unwilling to confront the issue of yourself. Because when you start examining yourself and see the things in your life that you need to confront, listen, confronting issues in your life is not easy. There are habits that need to be broken, strongholds that need to be broken, and getting those strongholds and those negative bad habits 
under control is not easy. You know why? Because your flesh wants to be gratified. You know why? Because the world's going to say, when you make up your mind, you're going to do something, they're going to tempt you away from what you've decided to do. And you know, why, you know why dealing with your issues are so difficult? Because the devil is going to make it difficult because he wants you to live at a subpar level. Matter of fact, not just subpar, he wants you at ground zero. So your attitude means a lot in regard to fasting. Secondly, uh, God will reward us in fasting if we uh, seek him with the right motive in a scripture way. The following passage gives, uh, gives us instruction on how to pray and fast. Everybody with a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at this a little close. We're going to look at this closely. Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, and verses 16 through 18. Are y'all hanging with me? This is all about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 6, through 6 and 7, and then verses 16 through 18. Look what it says. But you, who is you? Say me. Okay, but you, when you, now you know what, if you have a pen, if it's your Bible, I want you to underline the when you in that passage. Okay, so it is expected that we fast and pray, but you, when you what? Pray, okay, he's, he's assuming you're going to pray, go into your room, you ought to have a place of prayer, and when you have shut your door, a private place, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.